Good morning and welcome back to our service today. Uh, if you're just joining us, we are in part four of our four-part series of Jonah. Uh, if you haven't seen the last uh, few, they're all on YouTube and Facebook, Spotify podcasts, Apple podcasts. So by all means, go give those a look if you're interested in seeing the first three. But today we're going to be in Jonah chapter four. And last week we kind of covered all of Jonah chapter three in this really huge repentance story that we see from the Ninevites that, excuse me, Jonah goes to Nineveh and he preached this half, this half-hearted sermon and the Ninevites repented. And not only did, only did the Ninevites repent, but the king of Nineveh also repented and declared a nationwide fast so that God would relent his anger. And God did. And the two things we took away from Jonah chapter 3, was that people are complex. You never know exactly how someone's going to respond to your words, good or bad. People are incredibly complex, so I think this is an urging to say, you know, if the Spirit is leading you to speak to someone, speak to them, and you never know how they'll respond. And the second thing is that we're easily distracted. We are very easily distracted, and we talked about how you know, the book of Jonah is often taught about, you know, Jonah, this guy being swallowed by a whale and this, this crazy magical, you know, story. But if we teach it that way, we miss what God is doing. We're distracted by the novelty and we miss out on the things that God is doing, not only in the people of uh, the story of Jonah, but also in our own lives. We are easily distracted. And so today we're going to be looking in Jonah chapter 4, and I'll uh, begin by reading Jonah ch chapter 4. But to Jonah this seemed very wrong, and he became angry. He prayed to the Lord, Isn't this what I said, Lord, when I was still at home? That is what I tried to forestall by freeing to fleeing to Tarshish. I knew that you are a gracious and compassionate God, slow to anger and abounding in love, a God who relents from sin and calamity. Now, Lord, take away my life, for it is better for me to die than to live. But the Lord replied, it is, right for you to, is it right for you to be angry? Jonah had gone out and sat down at a place east of the city. There he made himself a shelter, sat in its shade, and waited to see what would happen to the city. Then the Lord God provided a leafy plant and made it grow up over Jonah to give shade for his head to ease his discomfort. And Jonah was very happy about the plant. But at dawn the next day, God provided a worm, which chewed the plant so that it withered. When the sun rose, God provided a scorching east wind, and the sun blazed on Jonah's head so that he grew faint. He wanted to die and said, It would be better for me to die than to live. But God said to Jonah, Is it right for you to be angry about the plant? It is, he said, and I'm so angry I wish I were dead. But the Lord said, You have been concerned about this plant, though you did not tend it or make it grow. It sprang up overnight and died overnight. And should I not have concern for the great city of Nineveh, in which there are more than 120,000 people who cannot tell their right hand from their left, and also many animals? I guess we should come to expect an ending like this to a book that has so many different twists and turns to it. We have so many different characters who kind of play the opposite role of what you would expect. 
right, where the prophet of God actually is the one that's running away from God, and the pagan sailors are actually the ones who are showing, you know, favor towards God, and the Ninevites and the kingdom of Nineveh, and so on, all these different characters who play opposite roles, and this book kind of ends kind of strange. But I think it's what we should expect from a book like this. And in my mind, as I read this and as I thought, I was like, maybe you know, there's something missing. Maybe we don't have the whole story, but maybe this is the perfect way to end a book like this. Because in my mind, I want to think that Jonah said, of course, God, when he says, shouldn't I be concerned for Nineveh? I hope that this was the moment of realization for Jonah where it finally clicked and he says, of course. Of course you should care for these people just as you've cared for me. Just as you've given grace to me, these people also deserve grace. And I've learned my lesson and everything's great. Send me on another prophetic journey, God. I don't know. But as I've read and come to understand Jonah, it doesn't seem to me that that would be his response. And I don't know. It's kind of left me asking the question, where do we go from here? Not just with the book of Jonah but with our lives, as we, as we read this book and as we kind of try to meditate on these words, what are we supposed to take away? What are we supposed to live in response to these words that were left here about Jonah? I think there's two options. The first option is that we can choose to be like Jonah. And I've kind of underscored this by saying we can choose to be like Jonah and if we do that, we're choosing frustration. If you read Jonah chapter 4, you can almost feel the frustration coming off of his body, right? His, his body language, uh, although not stated, can obviously be seen. I can see him folding his arms, you know, furling his brow, stomping his feet, being overall just upset and frustrated with how everything took place for him throughout this entire crazy journey. He is frustrated. And I would go a step further and say rightfully so. He's had an incredible journey um, and things did not go according to his plan. And that is frustrating. That can be frustrating. And at this point in chapter 4, I believe that instead of life happening to Jonah and all these things, all these different things taking place, he's taking a step aside and he's choosing frustration. Okay, I think there's a big difference between being frustrated and choosing to be frustrated. Because I want to make it very clear that being frustrated is not a bad thing. I am frustrated all the time. But it's not so simple. Frustration is not a simple thing to kind of unpack. Because the more that you <clears throat> that you think about frustration, at least for me, is that when I'm frustrated, it's not like a simple feeling, okay? Usually when someone asks me if I'm frustrated, they can tell that I'm upset and they say, what's wrong? And I might just say, well, I'm just frustrated. And that's usually where the conversation ends for me. But if you dive deeper and you look at why you're frustrated, you realize, well, I'm angry at this person. Or I'm guilty that I said that thing to them. Or I'm sad because of whatever. A lot of times, <clears throat> frustration is when you take all those very big emotions and you throw them in a blender. 
and you let them you know, mix up for a little bit and you pour it out into a cup and that's your frustration. You can't tell exactly what each thing is, but it's all there and it's all frustration and it feels awful. Now we have that you know, big glass of frustration and sometimes we carry it around with us. And I'm not saying that's a bad thing because we all get frustrated and it's okay to be frustrated. But when we start seeking out that frustration, when we start going to, and when we let that frustration define who we are as people, that's where things get complicated. And I use complicated on purpose there because maybe I shouldn't. Okay, that's where things get complex. I'm gonna use my own rule. That's where things get complex because I think everybody can find a way out of their frustration. I caught myself, okay. Because frustration is something that we all experience and it's sometimes the thing that we all choose to experience. And that might sound weird saying because no one's gonna go out and say, oh, I'm gonna choose to be frustrated, but there are those things, those things that happen to us that we want to hold on to. Whether it be resentment or we have a little bit of a grudge against somebody. We, we want to hold that, hold on to that because we think somebody else owes us something or, you know, somebody else did something to us. So it's their turn to come and say, sorry to me, I'm going to hold on to that anger and frustration. And what? <laughs> that's the, that's the better question we should be asking ourselves. And what? Because our frustration does absolutely nothing but make things a hundred percent worse but we choose it all the time. And if we look at Jonah chapter four, this is where we're left with Jonah. We don't have this revelatory experience where he sees what God has done and he has this great moment. We leave Jonah in his frustration. And I think there's a couple of things to look at here where it's, you know, Jonah is choosing to be frustrated at this moment. Okay, first he, is, he talks about how compassionate God is and how, how, how he relents from anger. That's usually not a bad thing, right? But then he goes off to this place in verse 5. Jonah had gone out and sat down at a place east of the city. Skipping down to verse 8. When the sun rose, God provided a scorching east wind. And I read those two verses because... I think it underscores this idea that Jonah is choosing to be frustrated in this moment. We don't really have this, I guess, in our culture, um, but geographic um, indicators like this are very, very popular, if, especially if you read throughout the Old Testament. And more often than not, when you read about something in the east or coming from the east or going towards the east, it's usually going away from God. And the opposite is also true. Things that are going towards the West or the things in the West are things that are <clears throat> closer to God. We have a situation here in verse 5 where Jonah had gone out and sat down at a place east of the city. He's choosing to go further away from God. Verse 8, when the sun rose, God provided a scorching east wind. And I think you could probably take this a couple ways. Maybe you're saying, oh, the, the wind is coming from the east and blowing towards the west. Maybe God is saying, you know, come on, Jonah, like come closer towards me. Go towards the west. Get away from the east and come closer to me. But the way that I read this is that God is allowing Jonah to be in that place. Because Jonah is choosing for himself to be in that place. Just like Jonah chose to get on that boat to run away from his calling. 
just like he chose to go to sleep, just like he chose to jump off that boat, just like he chose to give a half-hearted sermon to these Ninevites to repent. God's allowed Jonah, for the most part, to do as Jonah pleases. And at this moment, Jonah is choosing to stay in the east. Jonah is choosing to stay away from God. Ultimately, Jonah is choosing to be frustrated. And I've said a lot about Jonah these past four weeks. He's not a great prophet. I've, I've not talked very highly of Jonah. But a lot of times we choose to be just like Jonah. We are Jonah most of the time. Simply. We choose to allow our cynicism and our anger and our sadness to drive us away from the things that can actually give us life. We choose to go east instead of west. And, you know, God's going to let us do those things. He's not going to hold our hands. He's not going to make it just impossible for us to feel frustration because out of that frustration can come a lot of good. Because I said, the, what, where do we go from here? We can choose to be like Jonah. That's the first option. We can choose frustration. But the second option is we can choose to be like Jesus. And that's freedom. We can choose Jonah's frustration or Jesus' freedom. And I think we need to see Jesus as kind of Jonah 2.0, as the fully actualized version of what Jonah should have been. You know, ideally, Jonah would have been this prophet who goes to Nineveh. He preaches, they repent, everything's fantastic. And that's not what we got. But if we look in Luke chapter 8, we, we talked about this a few weeks ago, about how, jo- or, excuse me, how Jesus is on this boat with his disciples. And a storm comes up, he's actually asleep on the boat, you know, a lot like Jonah. And he comes above board, he calms the storm, and we have these two images, right? We have Jonah, the prophet who runs away from his calling on a boat, falls asleep, and things get a whole lot more chaotic as the story continues. And we have this other person in Jesus who hears his calling, you know, gets on that boat, you know, so we're supposed to be reminded of Jonah, but he doesn't run away from his calling, he goes towards his calling. If we were to talk about directionally, just like we did with Jonah, he's not staying in the east. He's going to the west towards God's calling. And even a step further, we talk about freedom. We talk about this ability to come out of this frustrating uh, you know, viewpoint of life. Jesus shows us immediately after this experience he has in the storm, a very Ninevite-like experience on a smaller scale. In Matthew, Mark, and Luke, I I forgot to check about John, the synoptics, you know, Matthew, Mark, and Luke, they all have this included. Jesus calms a storm, and immediately after Jesus calms a storm, we go into this story about Jesus restores a demon-possessed man that we call Legion. We have this man who is ostracized from his people, who no one wants to be around, who is literally chained up. Jesus decides to go towards that situation and speak life and freedom into it. Now, I'm not saying that that Jesus was never frustrated. If you read the Gospels, 
Jesus has plenty to be frustrated about. Jesus, oftentimes, especially if you read the, the book of Mark, he is frustrated with his disciples. They ask a lot of silly questions about, you know, heaven and about, you know, their standing and a whole bunch of things happen. And Jesus can get frustrated. But that's not what defines his existence. For Jonah, and sometimes for us, our existence is defined by frustration. Whereas Jesus takes that frustration and brings us to a place of freedom where we can get away from that feeling. Where it doesn't have to define who we are. Where that guilt, anger, sadness, whatever it might be, shame, is taken by Jesus and we are given new life and freedom from it. We no longer have to rely on Jonah. We have Jonah 2.0. We have the fully actualized version of Jonah in Jesus where he says, yeah, I'm asleep on this boat, but I'm still with you. Where is your faith? He asked the disciples in Luke chapter 8. The same thing can be asked of us. I know you're frustrated. I know you're holding a lot of anger and a lot of sadness, and I hurt with you. But don't you know that I can give you some freedom from that? Don't you know that I've been here every single step of the way with you? And that's the same message that God is trying to scream at to Jonah throughout the entire book. Don't you know I've been with you this entire time? But Jonah was blind to it. And we are blind to it way too much. How many times have we let our frustration take over our mindset, take us away from what we feel like we should be doing and making us do things that we ought not to be doing. That's a general example. I want you to fill in your own blanks. We allow those feelings to take away our freedom and it's time we stop doing that. It's time we recognize that Jesus can give us freedom from those experiences, from that frustration. And it's time for us to experience it. It's, it's simple. Stop letting frustration, whatever it might be, control your life and start allowing freedom to be the moniker of your life. And not freedom, I, this isn't a situation where I'm saying freedom in any kind of like political or, or, or country or anything. I'm talking about a freedom that supersedes that freedom. I'm talking about a freedom that Jesus can give us. I am free in Jesus. That is what we should be pursuing. The question I ask, where do we go from here? Are we choosing frustration? Sometimes we do. But let's move towards the direction. Let's move west and let's choose freedom over frustration. Let's pray. Dear Lord, I thank you for this time and I thank you for the message of Jonah. Help us to choose freedom over frustration. And there are going to obviously be times when we are frustrated. But help us to recognize in the midst of that frustration, God, that you can give us freedom, that you are that valve that we can pull, that can decompress all that freedom, and we can experience life that you want us to experience in you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.